Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips that they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as we discuss all things womanhood, motherhood, and small business. You guys, today we have such a fun episode because we have Jenny's business partner, Susie, and my business partner, Melissa, on, and we are all four. You guys can't see us, but we're all four in our in our chats talking to each other. So Susie and Melissa, say hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and so I, this is Christina talking, by the way. Sometimes Jenny and I have to say who's talking because we tend to sound alike. Um, but Christina's business partner is Melissa, and we own the Wildflower Republic here in Liberty Hill, Texas. And you can hear us chat with Melissa and how we got connected and how we started Wildflower in our episode with the Polka Dot Pickle Shop. It's one of our very first episodes. And if you want to hear more about Susie and Jenny's journey, you can hear more on when we talk to Real Happy Space, which is also one of our earlier messages. So if you haven't listened to those, you don't have to necessarily hear those to understand this episode, but I think it will help you understand how we came to Brick and Mortars and how we came together to go listen to those. I really liked that you called those messages like sermons. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you called it instead of episodes. You said you can go listen to those messages. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. I'm gonna call oh. them that now. <laughs> I didn't even realize I did that, but yes, episodes, <laughs> talks, funness. Um, so to, on today's. Podcast, we one of our most asked questions on Instagram is how to know when to move to a brick and mortar. And then along with that is all of the ins and outs of a brick and mortar because there is a lot of details. But before we even dive into that, Jenny and I, and I know Susie and Melissa too, wanted to let everybody know that a brick and mortar may not be your end goal. It might not, if you evaluate your shop, it might not be the the like, yes, this is the ultimate goal. It really depends on what you're selling, um, financials, things like that. Cause we don't want anybody to be like, oh, well, I'm not making it. I don't have a brick and mortar. Cause that's not at all the concept of a brick and mortar. Would you say the same, Jen? Yes. And I feel like it, we've, I think all four of us have found too, it also de- it, like really depends on your product. Like mine doesn't do as well online because you have to smell it in person. Um, so mine does really well in shop where, and it has a heavy shipping cost. So I feel like mine does better in person at a shop. Whereas um, Christina's items are so light, like they do well, you know, clothes do, does well online to ship. So I think weighing all those things too, Melissa and Susie's products are heavier too. So like it makes people are going to go to the store to get that. So you kind of think about your product too. Yeah. So I'm the lone ranger here. (laughs) But I will say like for Melissa and I, one of the key things we wanted to do with the brick and mortar was our uh, workshops, our in-person events. And those are, you know, those are the reasons why it makes it valuable to me. 
is because my sewing workshops, even just our boutique crawls that we participate in with the city, um, those, even though my shirts sell really well online and don't need to be in store, I, those are very valuable pieces to now what Beautiful Chaos has. Yes. (laughs) Anything else to add about- I feel like with four people, we're all just waiting. We don't want to talk over each other. Well, and I feel like I'm the one out of the four that's like, I don't like silence. I will enjoy <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> everything where y'all are just all content and listening and I am not. Yeah. Well, for us, I think I think customs is big too. Like people can come in and actually have a conversation with us versus the back and forth of an email. So we can talk about, you know, you and your pocket tees and the different fabrics and t-shirts and colors and me with like custom signs. So I think that's valuable too. And having a place where they can come and see us face to face. That's yeah, a really good. Of- po- Sorry, Jen. <laughs> That's a really good mm-hmm. point because while we work so hard to like um, be authentic on social media and on our websites and present who we are, I mean, it's such a different element when people can come and meet you and like see you in person mm-hmm. and relate to you as another human being in person. So I, even though that part's hard for me because I'm not, I'm. Uh, Susie knows like if I work the shop too many days in a row, I get like super drained talking to everybody. But I know that's such a big part of it is that customer service piece where people can meet you in person and see the the product you're making for them. That's one of the things I tell people in the social media workshop is the reason why local businesses oftentimes thrive and people want to invest in them in like during COVID, our town like you know, took really good care of us as I know y'all's town did too. And part of that is because they get to know you and it's not just the wildflower. They know Melissa and Christina. And so that's what I tell people on social media. That's when you have an online presence only that you have to do. You have to, you know, get people to know you on that individual level. So that is with having a brick and mortar that naturally happens because you do get walk-ins and you do sit and have conversations with people and they get to see the real you. All right, so do we got a lot of questions on our social media. So why don't you um yeah, yeah I'm gonna Christina, start you wanna ask I'm gonna, the questions? Sure. And I want to I want every single one of us to answer the question from our point of view because uh one of the best things about partnerships is a lot of times uh you have such different perspectives on all the different things and that's what makes it even more solid. And so I really do want to hear from everybody on all the questions, because even though you have the same store, you might have a very different perspective of how you got to that same endpoint. And I think people will identify with each one of us on different things. Okay. So the first question that somebody asked was, do you have different styles? And if so, how do they meld? So Melissa, you start that one. (laughs) Okay. This is a good one. Um, so Christina and I are very different. (laughs) She, what she is passionate about is not what I'm passionate about. So I feel like that works really well. You know, I always joke, like if she didn't do social media, like nobody would know where the wildflower was, who the wildflower was, like nothing. They would know nothing because social media is like, for me, the worst part of the job. Like it's just not, it's so hard for me. So, um, and you know, going back to when we had three partners, even then, like going into it, we all knew that we had different strengths. Amber was the numbers. I was like the decor and the like 
the visual aspect of, of what people would see and feel when they walked into the shop. Um, and Christina was social media um, and like just cultivating like community and bringing people to us. So um, we've never really stepped on each other's toes. I mean, sure, there's been things we don't necessarily agree on, but we, because we're so passionate about different things, it's just always worked really well. Mm-hmm. And I will say like it threw us for a loop when we lost the third partner because all of a sudden there was this piece that neither of us wanted. (laughs) And so but I got it and I don't like it. (laughs) Well, no, I was I was actually just gonna say we kind of split it evenly where she does like the year taxes verse and I do all the monthly payouts to all the vendors. And so we did split that evenly, but neither one of those things brings either of us joy. So it's just yeah. one of those things that so <laughs> has had to happen. But I was going to say the same thing that we just have. We came in knowing we are a box for us and have really thrived inside of that box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like partnerships almost work better when you're not like identical mm-hmm. <laughs> personalities or like the same things not even just bring you joy, but that are your strengths and that you're good at. I feel like similar to you two, that's how Susie and I are. Wouldn't you say, Susie, like you're super organized. (laughs) Um, I'm a little more bouncy. (laughs) I I was going to, yes, I was going to say something similar, like uh, just aesthetically, right? It kind of mirrors um, the way we, our personalities, our aesthetic, you know, tendencies mirror our personalities and that you're a little more wild and f- free, maybe kind of <laughs> with the aesthetics. And I kind of like want to line everything up and make it look nice and neat and clean and tidy. And you're like, what if we hang a plant in this corner and it drapes <laughs> everywhere? And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then you do it and it looks beautiful. And I'm like, yep, she was right. Um, so yeah, we balance each other out and in that way. And it's the same, I feel like in some of our like business tasks, like I'll write, yeah. I'll write an email and it's like very <laughs> direct and, you know, and then you're like, well, what if we put in a few sentences before you say that? Or let's like, you know, soften this up a little bit. And I'm like, yep, that looks much better. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think those are things that like, as your partnership grows, you just, you kind of naturally fall into those Uh, ways of working together you learn each other kind of like Melissa and Christina too like Susie does all the taxes annual taxes and then I'll do like the monthly sales taxes so Mm -hmm. like all those jobs that I mean does any besides accountants does anyone really love any of that stuff so I feel like (laughs) you just divide that up um and then your strengths you take those like you two were saying, I yeah, you mm-hmm. just kind of mm-hmm. you figure out how and I par- compare <laughs> Melissa and I to siblings a lot. Like you get to this point where you just know, you know their buttons, you know, uh, you kind of can laugh off like annoyances as far as like she decorates the store, and I do not. I absolutely <laughs> do not claim that I know how to decorate at all. So like it, I don't have a. It doesn't hurt my feelings thinking like, oh, she's going to move this because it just doesn't matter to me. But like my favorite thing to do is when we're in the store together and I'll she can tell like anything that's out of place or where it shouldn't be. And so I'll like move something purposely where I know like she'll be like, 
Uh huh. Yeah, that looks so good. <laughs> but it's good, but it really doesn't. And so I'll move it, and she'll just be like, uh, "Yeah, I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna move it over here." <laughs> I so, love that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite <laughs> things. But I love that she can tell me like, eh, "I actually like." As we, you know, we're three years in now, she can actually be like, "No, I don't like that. I'm gonna move it over here," and it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I'm like, "Great! I'm so glad that <laughs> that you were able yes. to say that." Yes, I, also- I feel like. You, you kind of like, I mean, you're still really great friends. Like Susie's one of my best friends, but you also, maybe it is that sibling thing. You move into more of a place where you're not like always worried about offending them or their, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I care about Susie's feelings, but it, you can get to a more authentic place and just, you know, yeah. Like say about degrading who wants it where. I do have something funny to say, though, about the as far as like the aesthetics or like style of the store, and that is our body temperatures are very different. And so the and okay, it's a long story, but our air conditioner sucks (laughs) up at the shop. Our air conditioner and our that's a really nice way of putting it. (laughs) It's a very nice we we have a more choice words. Yeah. I mean, Jenny and Susie have a building from like the 1920s, but ours is the 1960s. But it's just like this basically a space heater or space air conditioning thing. And when it's it's a cinder block building, no insulation. So whatever it is outside is what it's like inside. And I mean, Jenny has experienced the terribleness of our air because in August, Jenny had a candle <laughs> workshop with, you know, three wax burners going <laughs> in in a shop that the air wasn't working. We're like s- dripping sweat down our faces. <laughs> oh, it's awful. But awful. besides that being awful, we also have different body temperatures. So we'll walk in and I'll be like, oh, it feels so good in here. Like I don't even need a sweater. And Melissa's like, it is so hot in here. And then we have to figure out how we're going to set the temperature in the store. Cause I'm like, Melissa, the shoppers are going to freeze to death. <laughs> Oh, trying to shop no so that's even been, no chance they would freeze in the middle of summer it is so hot they would it, oh they gosh. will come in and be like i am an icicle in this in this building so that's been like we've had I to try to figure that. that out of like a good temperature to have our building at but i do think we we fixed it because our air conditioner is broken but i think we fixed it to a point where it's okay that like when she's there it'll be extremely cold and when i'm there it will be less and it's not going to cause havoc because before it was like basically uh, like like uh, freezing up and then would drip water everywhere. So we think we have that under control. But that is funny that that's like a completely different – something you wouldn't necessarily think about in a store. And then it's <laughs> well, like – And that's oh. a, that like brings in a good point of what you have to think about of having a brick and mortar shop too is like – if we water starts dripping down the mm-hmm. walls and stuff, like you have to be – ready oh yeah we had something like that we had um ruined inventory on shelves because the water dripped down so yeah it but that actually leads us in to the next question that people asked was how do you split time at the shop because for us because we make and this will be a really good discussion from all four of us because you guys have a workspace at your shop we don't so our hours look a lot different and so that was happening and none of us had gone to the shop to see that was happening. So that's another thing that we've had to add in is checking up on the shop when we're closed. But I w- let's hear from all four of us of how we split time. And like Melissa's and I, 
Melissa and mine is about to start changing. So Jen, you start and we'll kind of go counterclockwise here. So uh, yeah, the thing we love about our shop is Susie and I both have studio spaces where we can also make our products. So um, we are at the shop a lot, but we're also able to make products. We don't come home and make products, which helps a ton. So it almost feels like we're working less versus when I had my candle workshop at my house and we had the boardwalk shop. That felt like I was just always working. But at our shop, we um, we usually just alternate days. So we're open Wednesdays through Sundays. So you know, we just alternate back and forth who works the shop. Uh, we also have 20 artisans that do consignment with us. And we do offer a reduced consignment rate if they would like to w- work one day a month. So I would say we have probably like four days a month, five, four or five days a month that artisans are working. So then that just gives us an extra day um, to go in. So I have found a good rhythm for myself. Um, so my kids are all in school all day. My husband works outside of the home. And I feel like it's a good rhythm for me to go into the shop Monday through Friday. So I usually go Monday through Friday, even if I'm not working at the shop, just to get everything done inside my workshop area, whether I'm making products or I even go there to do computer work. Because for me, mentally, it just helps me to separate my home from work now. Uh, that was That's just something that's been really healthy for me. So I am there most days. Now, we've had to pick up a couple more weekend shifts than normal uh, just because people are busy and stuff. So then I'll kind of trade off like I didn't go into the shop today. Uh, but yeah, I still go in even if I'm not actually working the shop. But as far as the hours I'm behind the register, we alternate each day. That's we what I was going to ask. So sometimes you're up there working your, work, your workshop, but you're not running the store. Like you're right. basically just shut off in your workshop. Right, right. My okay. <laughs> no, the order. Do you want to add um, anything? Yes, I, my um, work <laughs> schedule is very similar to Jenny's. Um, I would say the only difference is that because my workspace is in the garage, uh, you know, like out of eyesight of the actual store piece, um, there's a lot of making that I kind of, I have to do on the Monday and the Tuesday when we're closed because I can't do it while also watching the shop. Um, so I sort of have to plan out my work schedule, um, depending on, you know, whether I'm running the store or not. Um, and also like use that Monday and Tuesday to like go to the lumber yard and get, you know, get supplies and stuff like that because, um, Versus Jenny, is most of your stuff is um, like ordered online and shipped directly to the store or, you know, you're able to kind of pack up an order while also watching the shop. Um, that's one difference is that um, I kind of have to have mine a little bit more separate. Like Monday and Tuesday, like real happy space days. And then yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. Yes. Except I do like when I come in the shop and you have like in the break room, like all your things ready to be stained and painted, laid out because you can do that at the counter. (laughs) Melissa, what would it be like to have a break room? (laughs) 
well, we have a break room slash work room slash storage room <laughs> slash closet slash kitchen. That's kind of what it is. is. I mean, it has a table in the middle where you can yeah. eat, that is- but it's also full of like bags and, you know, everything else. Yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Susie, your work room (laughs) or your, uh, yeah, like that area where that table is, is like twice the size of our like back office area. (laughs) That's one thing that I will say, just knowing like Jen and like she and I have been able to talk numbers and like one of the hardest things about her running a shop where she is and where I am is Austin area real estate is just so different than anywhere else. And so commercially too. Where the mm. the rent here is astronomical, so that's one thing that going into a brick and mortar, like you need to research where you are, what that looks like, because it might not be something that's financially doable um, where you are, because that it's changed since we first opened our brick and mortar. The amount that commercial real estate has changed in just those three years is crazy, and so yeah. That is a difference between your shop and ours. Yeah. And I will add in, um, yes, it's more expensive near you guys for sure. But uh, some like in our area, what we found when we were looking is everything was too big for what we needed. So you can kind of get creative. And we ended up, you know, renting the Wilson Street Mercantile location. But then we have four different stores in it that we rent out to. So and there there's pros and cons to that, too. But don't I wouldn't like close off the idea of doing a shop if you don't find a small enough space because you can get creative with a big space and just like yeah, split it. We're up the opposite. We need we need bigger, but the mm-hmm. I mean we're talking five thousand dollars in Texas for a commercial real estate, and sometimes that's just not doable for yeah people. Um, okay, Melissa, talk about uh, how we split time at the shop. Um, so we definitely have abbreviated hours compared to y'all. <laughs> We've done the Wednesday. We did the Wednesday through Saturday. We might have even mm-hmm. done Tuesday through Saturday. But when we lost our third partner, um, that was difficult. I homeschool, also make. We don't have workspaces at the shop. So really when I'm there, other than computer work, working on proofs and designing and that kind of a thing, there's not much I can do unless I'm like lugging all my paint, all my wood, all my tools back and forth, which I've done in the really busy times. I will do that. It's not my favorite. Um, so we are right now only open three days a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Christina takes a day. I take a day. And then we have um, someone that works on Saturdays. And that's mainly so that we can do baseball with our kids Mm -hmm. and make sure that we're there for all of, all of the extracurriculars and all of that. Um, we also do workshops and we do those together. Um, we do most, we've done all of them together, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I would say, yeah, I'm intrigued by how you guys do workshops. Like I would like to do after hours events. It's such like a, our hours have been pro- one of the most difficult things to figure out because we experiment a lot. We've, I think, when we when Amber was our third business partner, we started being open every day except Sunday Monday, and you know, okay, we you could kind of map out when people would come, but we one we asked one of 
the boutiques that lives that's in our town that's been here for you know eight or nine years, we said like, well, what what are your most popular hours? And she said, till this point, there is no like graphing it out. Like, it, there's no pattern that she can pick up on, and so we we couldn't pick up on a pattern either. And then when we lost our third business partner. We just did Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, then people were saying, you're never open. We need Wednesdays. So then we'd open Wednesdays and then no one would come Wednesdays. (laughs) So it's very frustrating, honestly. I tell Melissa all the time, I'm like, I'm so frustrated because um, they have that. For Melissa and my individual shops, they have access to us 24 hours. I mean, you can order anything online and pick up in the store. Um, But it feels like we cannot get a hang on like when people are actually going to come. Even weekends, like some weekends will be really busy and then the next, you know, weekend is lull. Um, but we, I will say, uh, and I've talked about this several times on the podcast, one thing she and I both said is we will not sacrifice our kids' sports games for the boutique, which people have appreciated that about Wildflower. But we did this year, we, and this is a question later about hiring employees, but we, um, we did hire somebody to take Saturdays because that was really important to us. Like that's a really important thing. And then, yeah, workshops, even those are hit or miss on the days. Like um, we'll oftentimes pull people on Instagram and ask what nights are best for them. And then we have a workshop that night and it's like people have baseball or people, you know, like there's just so many things that it can be hit or miss, but you kind of figure out at least what's more popular for more people. Um, And I think we've kind of hit that. Mark, but one thing that Jenny and Susie talked about that me and Melissa would love to like hone in on, maybe we'll bring Susie and Melissa back on and talk because people want to know about consignment, a lot about consignment. Um, We cannot for the life of us get vendors to work. We can't. Like, yeah, out of 20, we don't have... We have four or five. <laughs> so that's always like every time Jenny tells me that their artisans do that, I'm like, how? Like we just like can't, we can't, we haven't figured that piece out yet. I was just going to say that I think some of the ones that work at our shop find the value in um, the face-to-face with the customer piece of it. They enjoy it um, and they just, you know, they can tell that, you know, th- those opportunities that they have while they're at the shop to say like, Oh, thank you for buying this. You know, I actually made this or, or, or being there when somebody is looking at something and saying, Oh, well, I could make that for you in a different mm-hmm. color. You know, like those are some opportunities that come with being in the store. And some of them are willing to take a day a month to kind of take advantage of that. Yeah. I like that point of view. The other thing that I wrote down when y'all were talking is um, we are actually revamping our space to be able to ha- like have all of Melissa's paints up there, store wood, store my shirts. I already have a machine up there so that we can work when we're up there. And so I've considered doing what you guys do and go up, you know, daily to work up there. The only thing that I'm stuck on is, and I know somebody asked us a question about it and we'll talk about it, is those random like, hey, we're going to be open here, but we're going to be closed here where the I love the flexibility that an online shop has where I can have a doctor's appointment, you know, at 11 a.m. or I can go eat with my kids at their school if I want to. And so I worry that if we put it out there that I'm working, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday up at the shop on things that it'll be open. I'm not going to have that flexibility anymore to, you know, you know, what? I actually don't want to go in on Wednesday. 
I'm going to go to my kid's school or whatever. So that's kind of where my hesitancy is of that. But I think if I'm just up there working and we don't promote that we're open, I don't think people will randomly come in. So yeah, we don't let, so we're closed Mondays and Tuesdays. And even though we're there working, I mean, I feel like I'm more of a stickler about this than the others, but I don't, we see people come to the door, but we're closed and we're working. Like we're not ready to have people come in and shop. So we don't let people come in if they show up on Mondays and Tuesdays, but we do have set hours Wednesday through Sunday, whereas we're alternating those days, but we're still there because we like listening to you guys talk. It would, it's game changer to have, if you're a maker to have your workshop there. Cause if I'm already going to be spending that time at home, I might as well be there making it while my store is open. So if someone comes, they can come shop. But yeah, we don't let people in Mondays and Tuesdays. So not like random days. I think working at the boardwalk shops taught us that from the very beginning at the boardwalk shops, you couldn't, you couldn't work while you were, you know, while the store was open because there was no space. So when we were looking for our permanent home, I think that's what drew us to our final location was, was the aha of like, oh my gosh, this could be my workshop and we could do it. You know, that was a huge um, piece of finding the right location. Yeah. And that's kind of how we set our hours then by looking at how much time we spend making um, and then setting our hours around that. So then on the other days we aren't making and at home and something that also is helpful to us, this, like we do this with Kelly, who's one of our, you know, shops within the mercantile like if she has to go pick up her kids from school then like we can cover her shop so it's helpful that there's four shops there that if one of us does have to run out we can so that Mm -hmm. makes it a little bit easier yeah that's awesome that's a really extra bonus okay the next question i mean i feel like we could do a whole spinoff podcast episode about the hours alone um but how do you split utilities so basically, what is what are your bills? How do y'all split bills as two owners? Um, Melissa, you want to say how we do it? With the bills, Christine and I split everything 50-50. So we take our, what do we have? We have rent, rent electricity, uh, electricity uh, internet. Anything extra? Like we're, we're part of a- Fees. Um, we're the fees. We're part of a mm-hmm. an online community that are makers who own brick and mortars. So it's like a very specific thing. And so, like that fee, any fees that we have, mm-hmm. yeah, we, like so we just had to pay we, for our taxes to be done. So that, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, everything's split right down the middle. If we invest in inventory or need something for the shop, we discuss it first. We figure out what the total is. We each put in half. Um, so it's definitely like 50 50, right mm-hmm. down the middle. So, do you, I'm sorry if you answered this in an earlier podcast. I swear I've listened to all of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> remember the answer. Do you guys, is Wildflower Republic um, its own business? Yes. But when you say you split everything 50 50, Polka Dot Pickle and, and yes. Beautiful Chaos are paying the 50 and the 50. Yes. So okay. wildflowers so basically, right. Wildflowers basically our umbrella. And then 
we're each the owners. So we will do like, basically it's like an owner investment back into wildflower. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like for taxes, wildflower gives each of us a K one. So we're seen as, uh, are we contractors, Melissa? We're viewed as contractors basically like into wildflower. It's all, Which we do, it's very we do <laughs> like we wholesale Jen's candles. And so for instance, Wildflower owns those. Polka dot doesn't, Beautiful Cast doesn't, Wildflower does. So anything we make from those goes into Wildflower's account versus Wildflower paying us out and then us putting back in for rent and bills and all of that. Well, Wildflower pays Beautiful Chaos and Polka Dot Pickle Shop as contractors. So anything we sell Mm -hmm. through our businesses through the shop, but Christina Hobbs and Melissa Dudley own Wildflower Republic under an LLC. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. So, that's. Same. I mean, that's really. Do you want to talk about how we do it, Susie, or do you need to? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we. I mean, super similarly, only a couple of differences. But uh, Light and Pine Collective is an LL, partnership LLC. Uh, Jenny Zilke and Susie Ray are the owners. So Illuminate Space and. A real happy space get paid as contractors based on what we sell, just like each of our artisans. Um, so the only thing that's like a little different is so we have 20 artisans who are paying a consignment fee. So all that consignment fee stays in the light and pine umbrella, and that pays out um rent and processing fees and sales tax and uh bags and all, all our expenses, um, because we we don't buy anything wholesale as Light and Pine. Like Real Happy Space does some wholesale, uh, but because of all the consignment, we haven't done wholesale. Uh, and then so what it what's left over, like what we can't make up in the rent. If that doesn't cover everything, then Jenny Zilke and Susie, Susie. Ray will like pay towards the rent or whatever. That's one thing. And again, we mm-hmm. could do a whole spinoff on consignment, but that's one thing you guys did really, really well that I know Melissa and I have full regrets about is we we didn't research well, – and if we did, it was very little of how to do consignment. So our first consigners with us were only giving 20%. And in case you're wondering, it doesn't even cover square fees. Yeah, so, I mean, there yeah. was nothing extra. And unfortunately, we bit ourselves in the butt with that because, you know, we have some of those vendors still right now that we've we've now had to be like, we have to bump this up, um, which it's not out of the nord- ordinary to have a 40% consignment rate. That's actually really across the board. Um, but so that is, I know that's one of our, like, if if we talk about our mistakes on here, like that is one of our like biggest, we should have researched more. But it was at that time we just needed stock in our store. Like we didn't want people to come in and it be empty. So it, I mean, there were reasons behind it, but that was definitely not a smart thing by us. And is that yeah. something like y'all do? Let's talk about consignment for a second. Um, do consigners come to you guys and want to do it, or do you reach out to them? How does that work? To use a word from from, our, from one of your previous podcasts, um, it's we like to curate. <laughs> the artisans that are in the space. Yes. So uh, ideally we, we find someone or, you know, we already know someone and think uh, that product would be perfect for our shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have like a little um, spiel. We say if people come in 
And like, you know, it, it's it's hard for me because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But you, but have you to, know your people best. You know yeah, your customers the and best. And you have to think like a business and aesthetically it has to fit in. It, Yeah, you know what your customer is buying. So we try to graciously, you know, because we also – our model is different, which I know yours is too, where it's not like booths. It's not booths. People aren't coming to rent a space that they set up. Like we curate it. We curate the store to look like a home and have an experience. And so we we do want to be choosy about what products we have in there. So it is a little bit awkward, but I think you just have to decide what you want for your shop and you just might have to be a little bit awkward in saying no. But- that's what's tricky for us though too is we because we can see the numbers, we see the whole square report. We know our vendors, are, we call them vendors, we also call them artisans, same thing. Our vendors who come in and switch out their inventory more often are selling a lot more than the ones that we still have stuff a year later. And so I, I maybe you guys can give us advice, but we have done basically everything to get this inventory switched. And we feel bad because these people aren't making as much as they probably could be, but the inventory also isn't switching. So that's been like consignment management has been extremely, extremely hard. Yeah. And I know y'all's is more local than ours as far as like living closer. So maybe that's the piece is like, oh, I'm just passing by the Merc. I'm going to go switch my stuff. And that doesn't necessarily happen at ours. Yeah, I uh that's a good question. And I don't know if this is true, but I wonder if there's almost I don't know if I should say this, but I don't I feel like there's almost a little bit of a healthy competition because there's 20 of them. So they all want to like make sure they have their best things there. I don't know if that makes a difference or not, but I think cuz there's such a big group, they want to kind of keep up with each other in a way. So they are, Mm -hmm. we, we rarely have to reach out and ask people to bring things in. They're Mm -hmm. often like, Hey, I have stuff. I have stuff. Yeah. Well, and I'm a consigner with y'all. So I know more of what you guys do, but one thing we don't have that maybe we should is a Facebook group of the consigners. Cause I know y'all are in there often being like, yeah, like, Hey, look, you know, Christina dropped off this stuff. If you have stuff to match or coordinate, like bring it in. And I think that's really helpful. We may really good idea. Yeah. We may need to start that. For sure. Okay, so really basically idea. y'all are going to come back on for a whole consignment spinoff because we do get questions about that all the time <laughs> and Jenny and my store are so different in that that I think y'all's feedback would be really helpful. Well, it's so um, interesting because I like I'm all gung-ho consignment for my our store, but like I don't like doing consignment as a maker. Like I would prefer wholesale. So yeah, that would be interesting to talk about the – Mm-hmm. It's really based on your product, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they asked, what are the benefits of having a a, a brick-and-mortar store? And then I'm going to add in, like, what's not a con, but what's something you've learned about having a brick-and-mortar, good or bad, that you didn't necessarily think of before? Um, the first pro that comes to my mind is um, when you make that leap and you make that investment in a community, um, at least in our town, they, they reciprocate with their support. Um, they see that you've, you're taking on this big risk and you're trying to do something 
um, great for your town. So you, you just feel that support, not, not, I'm not just talking about shoppers, but just, um, other community members, other shop owners, like you kind of become, become part of this community within a community. Um, and that's been really great. Whereas when you're on just kind of out on your own online, it can feel pretty isolated and, you know, like you're just this little island (laughs) in the internet. Uh, um, So I've really enjoyed that piece of it, of having a job. Yeah, I just got to give Susie a shout out. She just won an award at Batavia Main Street for like volunteer of the year. Cause she like organizes reels for the Batavia to do together. And she's like out on all the boards. She's yeah. She's all Way about to go, Susie. <laughs> Not me. I don't do it. <laughs> but Way to go, I held cocktails in the park. You were there. I, I mean, I, yes, I will. She makes me go to stuff sometimes and I do, <laughs> but I would say the best thing about having a store is, I mean, my product sales are three times as much in store than they are online. So for me, if you have a product that needs to be like smelled or touched or (laughs) anything, like any of the senses, I feel like brick and mortar is the way to go. And then, so then like those customers have found me and sometimes then they'll order online because now they know they've smelled that scent or whatever. Uh, But so, yeah, I feel like the biggest benefit for me has been sales. I mean, we have people come in our store specifically for your candles. So I wouldn't, (laughs) I think that that's even here. Like, I think once you find something that you enjoy smelling, that's like your, Melissa, what's your like favorite pro about having a brick and mortar? I think the interaction with people and then, I mean, I don't, I don't make anything that they need to smell or touch in person per se, but I do think that that when they when they see our products in person and they meet the person behind it, I definitely think that 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 gives them a reason to want to shop with us. And so I, I feel mm-hmm. like, and the community, like we've talked about this, are you know the workshops were a big part and like bringing people together because we didn't have mm-hmm. friends or family here. So <clears throat> yeah, that's a huge pro for me. I've met a lot of wonderful people just from this three-year yeah. journey with Christina. So yeah, that's mine's the pro for, for me. Mine's for sure part of the community. So we, mm-hmm. where Melissa and I live, we're kind of, our neighborhood is owned by three different towns. And so you kind of can't, like our water goes to one town, our address is one town, and then our school <laughs> district is a different town. And so you kind of feel like, where do I belong? And because we have a business in Liberty Hill, I feel way more tied to Liberty Hill. I feel very a part of the community. I'll go to the school. I know a lot of people from the shop. So I do love that aspect. And the other aspect for me has been um, sewing workshops are very new for me because I didn't really know how I would do it. Uh, just logistically, it's people need machines. It's not a two-hour class. It's a four-hour class. So how does that work? But I finally like kind of nailed down how it would look. And I, we, I have three under my belt now. And I come home from those and I'm like, Tyler, this gives me life. Like like this is – like I, I like my shop and all of that. And I like Wildflower. I love our events. But like my sewing classes, like that, it like rejuvenates me. And so I Actually, I feel like we should do – I would love to hear from you and Melissa on – 
how you do that. Because I am so – I want to do poor parties, but as you both know, I struggle I with that. pricing of things like that. And I would, you guys do such a good job of how you've built all of that. I don't. I know we probably don't have time to talk about it today. Yeah, we'll have to do a spin Let's do an episode of that because that okay. I feel like that would be so helpful. That feels daunting. Uh, yeah, we can. But I will say we did not know how to price consigners. But I think for workshops, we kind of have our foot in the door on prices, and like we're confident in those prices. Like you're gonna leave learning a new skill, as well as like get one on one time with us. Like there's value behind that, and so I think we do have a hang on that. Um, anybody want to share like something they learned that maybe they didn't know before brick and mortar? Oh, gosh. mine, mine is so the many cost. things you don't think about. Yeah. yeah you you yeah. think of rent and that's about it. Not yeah. everything. You're like, oh, extra. I'm going to fill this shop with all these beautiful things and mm-hmm. handmade items and I'm going to keep making. But then like, I mean, I <laughs> don't even think we thought about the time we would have to spend there. Yeah. There's so many things. There's so many things that I didn't think of. I mean, no regrets, obviously, but there's just mm-hmm. so many things that you don't think about until you like are in the day to day where you're like, oh, yeah. and there's that. <laughs> yeah. So. And I'm like definitely sold on doing it as a partnership. I don't know how people do it as. Oh, I could never just do themselves. it. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Never. Having the partnership mm-hmm. is key. Um, yeah. Okay. So, oh, go ahead, Susie. Oh, I was just going to say that coming from um, a past of being a consignment artisan in other people's shops, mm-hmm. um, I remember when Jenny and I were coming up with our business plan and, and we settled on the, you know, the 40% consignment fee, feeling a little unease about that, thinking like, oh, that sounds like a lot, you know. And then once we started the shop and <laughs> saw War, you know, all that money fly out the door <laughs> like, and all the time that we put in and all the, you know, the donations that you give for every single like fundraiser oh, and everything. Yes. <laughs> and now I completely understand mm-hmm. the shop owner side of it. And I have no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's one thing. <laughs> if we do a spinoff about consignment is like, it's really, really frustrating to have to communicate like, yes, is coming back, but we're not profiting. I mean, we kind of are because you're going to help us with rent, but you're literally renting a space in our store. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it's not just rent though. I mean, I was was telling you like the, the vendor, our vendor consignment rate, 20% doesn't even cover the square fees. So really Melissa and I are paying out of pocket to have people in our store. Like right. it's it's really frustrating. Yeah, because Square, yeah, yeah, not just the credit card processing, but like what you have to pay for, like even having the barcodes and stuff. I think is so dumb. Right. But yeah, it just all adds up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we for sure are going to do a spinoff on the consignment because it's already we're almost at like forty five minutes of this podcast and we didn't even <laughs> touch on it. Um. Okay. So we'll we'll answer these questions kind of as a two parter. Um, someone asked, why is having consistent hours important? For example, um, some stores like last minute will be like, oh, we're closed today and not like emergency situations, but pretty consistently once a week, like, never mind, we're not open today. Um, so why is having consistent hours important? I'll speak to that because I, um, have experienced this a little bit as a customer where, where, 
Okay, so as a store owner, on one hand, I get that, like, you're the store owner and you have a family. And, um, like, for instance, Susie and I have set a regular boundary now that we close the week after Christmas because it, it we're humans and, like, we want to be with our families and it's closed. So I think there's there's a fine line between, yes, you want to be able to do that, um, but you're also – like if you just announce on social media that morning, like you're closed, you're counting on everybody to see your social media posts before they just happen to like come out to your store and mm. you show up. And then you, so you just as a customer already associate a feeling mm-hmm. with that store. So if you're doing that a lot, I feel like your customers are going to get frustrated with that if there's not a clear, well, when are they open? Well, or- 100%, but I'm going to play devil's advocate because when I started this store, and Melissa has heard me say that this a million times, my I love my store, both Beautiful Chaos and Wildflower, but my kids do come first. So there was a point when we dropped an owner that Melissa and I both had baseball for our kids, and I was like, I'm not missing my kids' games. Like, I'm just not. So we would close, and we would announce on social media, and people always supported that. But like those kind of things, I'm like, Sorry, customers. Like, we're not going to be open this time. Yeah, but I think if that's – yeah, and you just have to find what resonates with you and values with you. But I think what we have found is, like, then we we always have, like, three backups in in line Mm -hmm. (laughs) before – we close just because if we've said we're going to be open the and again that's different than you have like pushed it out lots of different ways this is planned you're doing it. but I think like if on a weekly basis you're like mm-hmm. oh I can't make it in today mm-hmm. I, I just I think that will catch up with like your customers well and I'll, I'll give a very real example it's happening this week so Melissa's going out of town she's not going to be here <laughs> So I have the shop, which is totally fine. We have an employee for Saturday. Well, we just found out her kids are sick. So there's a chance that she won't be able to work Saturday. Now, this Saturday, I happen to be free. But if my boys had a game, like I've already said, like I'm I'm not missing their games. And so that would be a Saturday. Again, we'd push We'd email it. We'd put it on social media. But like those are the situations where I'm like, to me, I have put the priority of my family above my store. Is it always that case? No. Like I just told Tyler, I said, hey, boutique crawl, April 9th, they're going to have games. I'm not going to be there because the boutique crawl is one of my most favorite events. There's absolutely, I wouldn't miss it and my kids will be fine. But so I will say that that I feel like that's the line with a brick and mortar is, is it important? Absolutely. But you have to decide up front, like what that's going to look like when it comes to your family. I was just going to say, I mean, I do agree with Jenny because even, even with, I mean, and I agree with you obviously too, because we make those decisions together, but I definitely know the frustration we get from some customers where they're, they've like, I've, I've tried to come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and y'all are never mm-hmm. open. And then we explain, well, we're only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and this is why. So definitely if those customers that don't follow us or their new people have tried to come once a week for the last four weeks and we're not open, like it's definitely going to put a bad pa- bad taste in, in someone's mouth that maybe would not, would otherwise like you, but won't come back because of, out of sheer frustration. So that's definitely something to be careful of. Mm-hmm. One thing we're doing but, to fight that though is Melissa's making a sign that has our QR code that's going to go yeah. um, 
I forget what we're going to send it to our individual sites. Um, I thought we said we were going to make like a link tree that linked wildflower, beautiful That's right. chaos. And we're going to like hang it in our, we're going to hang it on our front door. So if we're not there, it's basically yeah. telling them like, hey, here's how to reach us if we're not here. Um, and we just have to hope that some, everyone knows how to use a QR code. Because I do feel like there are some <laughs> in Old Town, Texas that are going to be like, what is that barcode for? I mean, I think hopefully by now. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I feel like restaurants is, have but... prepared, prepared even the non-tech yeah. people with how to use yeah. it. But yeah. Hopefully. So we're trying to figure out ways to combat that. And we don't close, you know, every Saturday, every week. It's no. definitely the rarity. No, no, no. But, um, okay, so the last question people asked, and I'm sure there's more questions, but this one a lot of people asked, and I'm not sure any of us have the right answer, <laughs> uh, but how do you know the right time to hire on staff to help? And I, I feel like this isn't even just somebody present in the store, but maybe when to start. Like if there wasn't a person that loves social media, as part of the partnership, like maybe when to start hiring that out and um, things like that. I'll interpret the question that way. We knew we knew we needed to hire a staff member when we it was last spring, and I don't think we had thought about it since our third partner left because it was the first spring since she had left. Of oh shoot, um, Melissa's kids usually do sports during the week, but her son does baseball, so now. Our kids are in the same league and they now have games at the same time on the same day. Usually we could kind of work around each other's kids' sports. Um, but so last spring was the first time we were both like, well, I don't want to miss this game. Well, I don't want to miss this game. Mm -hmm. And so it became yeah. a, we're well, going to need was, to hire somebody. It was also at the time we were working four days. So we were each working two, not being able to make anything at the shop mm -hmm. and having to, so, you know, I'm at home trying to homeschool, trying to make working up to my work days in the shop. And then also the baseball season was starting and we didn't want to miss that, which we knew that was a non-negotiable from the get-go. Like we're not going to miss their games. Mm -hmm. So we, we took on two, didn't we? Didn't we hire for Friday and Saturday? Mm -hmm. Yep. We started with, with yeah. somebody working both. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, we've, I, we've learned so much about having employees and what that looks like and, I feel like you still would like even this weekend, we were just sharing what's happening this weekend. Like I told Melissa, I was like, I think we even need a plan B employee of, you know, if for some right. reason one of us is out of town and then another person has a game. So for us, it was our, when it started becoming overwhelming with our kids, we knew we needed to hire help. Right. Yeah. That I would say, yeah, that too. Right now, because we have artisans that help work on the weekends, it's doable with us. I mean, we each still are giving up two weekends usually. Um, but I would say that's like the first place I would want to hire out. Like if you having – and yeah, you just have to kind of look at your finances. And if you have room to hire something, I would do the thing that's most important to you. And that would – for us, I feel like would be we work someone to work the shop on the weekends. Um, we don't have any employees yet. I do have an employee at Illuminate Space. Um, 
Well, I have two employees. And, <laughs> yeah, Trevor. How, one is my son yeah. that never comes in. <laughs> Jen, how did <laughs> – But I feel like – That you can speak to that, though. How employee. did you know when to hire for Illuminate Space? Yeah, so that was – Again, you, I know you all have heard me talk about my budget, and I had been tracking, like, how much I had left in my business. And once I got to a good place of, like – you know, it would really, it would make my um, batching go so much better if I had someone to help me with pieces of it. So for me, I hate the labeling process and the labeling isn't something that like needs my essence, if that makes sense. Like that is, I still like to make the candles for the most part, although Paige does help with that. But if I had, if I could hire someone to do like four hours a week of all those tedious things that doesn't necessarily have to be me, but make my production go up, that's how I decided to do that. And so that's been working really well. Yeah, I only have, I think I pay someone for probably like six hours a week, but that just helps my production go faster where it makes sense. Yeah. So, and we have already hired out our taxes, not necessarily doing the back end stuff that Melissa has to do, but the process of filing our yearly taxes and stuff, we started hiring that as well. That for us was really important to not get wrong. Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> we decided Just to hire kind that of out. important. And, and those kind of things like the employee and taxes that's something that we're like, okay, well, if Wildflower isn't at the point where Wildflower can pay for it, we both, as Christina and Melissa, have decided like that's worth it to us that we'll we'll invest back in for that. Right. I mean, and I don't know that, are we just talking brick and mortar? Because for all of us, we all make, I mean, y'all have workshops, but I don't even think it's just hiring an employee at at the shop. Like for me, I hired a housekeeper mm-hmm. and I hired my, I sent my laundry out for, for a period of time just because I couldn't find someone that could help me necessarily make my items so that I could stock the store, but someone to kind of help me on the other end of things so that my life wasn't falling apart outside mm-hmm. of, outside of work. So, you know, yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Delegating mm-hmm. anything really that yeah. you I- don't have the time for, or you don't want to do. I feel like maybe a month into owning Wildflower and I, you know, when your house is falling apart, you just feel like life is like just in general. (laughs) And so I remember like being a month in and being like, I need somebody to help me with my house. Like I, like I, I have to come home and have a clean kitchen. And so that's when we hired our housekeeper too. And that was basically me hiring out. Like I can't do this anymore. So yeah. And I can make a lot of shirts yeah. in an hour that they're deep <laughs> that they're deep cleaning my kitchen. So I found it very valuable. <laughs> I don't have a housekeeper. I just live in a dirty house. <laughs> but I'm also introverted, so nobody comes to my house, so I don't care. <laughs> okay, so that we'll end on this question and let's see wildflowers going in on year three in August. It'll be year three. Yeah. Year three. And then light and pine has, is going on almost two years, two, two two years. Okay. So we're going to end on, if you could go back and tell yourself, so Melissa, Susie, Jenny, Christina, go tell yourself that week that you opened your brick and mortar. If you could tell yourself one thing, what would it be? 
And forget the COVID stuff. Don't talk about like, oh, you're going to make it through COVID. Like something else. (laughs) (laughs) Although we would have all loved to to know that. (laughs) What would you tell yourself? I would tell myself I wasn't like Susie and I were always friends, but I wasn't ready for like the deep friendship that came from being a partnership. And so I think that's what's been the biggest like blessing to me is growing my friendship with Susie in like a really deep way. Cause I don't, I mean, I know I joke about this a lot, but it's true. Like I don't really have a lot of close friends and I choose that, but I've let Susie in and like, I've, it's been such a rewarding thing to let somebody in and work so closely. So I would tell myself that, that I would, I would be surprised by what it's like to, um, invest in a relationship. (laughs) I feel the same way. (laughs) Um, And just to go in a different direction too, the first thing that came to my mind was like, I remember at the beginning of the boardwalk shops, just thinking like, we'll see, you know, like I, I really did. I'm not an an optimistic person. (laughs) So I really didn't think that it was going to go very far. Um, (laughs) Like October, (laughs) in, in October of 2020, I remember approaching Jenny and being like, so, do you like think we should continue this? <laughs> you know, should we actually open a real store? And she was like, "Of course, you know, like, you know, of course we're going to." And I was like, "Because I just didn't." I was just still like, "I don't, I don't know if that's what's going to happen." Um, so I don't know where my what thought would was you going tell with Susie? that. I just like. Yeah, that it can happen, you know. <laughs> Open like, yourself up to the possibilities. To, to believe in it. Yeah, believe, believe in the possibilities. <laughs> you want to go? Believe in the possibilities. Um, sure. Mine, I mean, I would tell myself so much. Oh, my gosh, I would so much. But I think, <laughs> well, besides <laughs> pricing consignment higher, <laughs> Um, or charging consignment hire, I would tell myself, and mine's going to be, I mean, that I love my brick and mortar, but I think I'm going to tell myself your kids are going to get really old that we, I look back, I mean, my kids are right now 10, eight and seven. And so when we started, Oliver was four, three and a half or four. And so just that they're going to get old and and keep those, like, I'm proud of us keeping the boundaries we have because um, while we're known in the community and like have a following and, and, you know, do okay. Like I'm proud that my kids have been there for all of it, but also that I've been there for them. And so I would, I would say stay strong in those, that area. I would probably say never say never because I always said that I would never go into business with friends. Um, And while we didn't, I guess we've grown as friends over the last three years, but you know, it, it has been such a journey and it has worked out and it has grown me and stretched me in so many different ways. Um, So just, if you fall, if you just follow your heart in a dream, I mean, I've had a dream of, of owning a brick and mortar for so many years. 
and never thought it would turn out this way, <laughs> but it's been, it's just been, I mean that in a good way. <laughs> it, um, it's just been, it's been great. And Christina is one of my closest friends and even, you know, even if wildflower doesn't last, which I think that it will, I know that her and I will, will still be friends for years, years to come. So. I actually saw a really great, great quote today. So I'll put it on our social media where it was like, take the chance and do it. You're either going to make it or you're not, but that's life. Like you, you have to do it to find out. And I think that's such a good thing. Like we strive for things to go well and make it, but even if it doesn't, that's part of the journey and the experience. So I'm proud Mm -hmm. of all of us. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that we both have brick and mortars that are not only here, but did joked not to say it had anything to do with COVID, but they did. They survived through and a time period where none of us knew if businesses would survive. So that is amazing. And I'm glad we're on the other side. And this exactly right here, people can't see the screen of the four of us, but like this is what Jenny and I thought of when we thought of the podcast was like doing small business together and just hearing collaborating and being able to hear others' perspectives. And so we always end our podcast this way, but we this is exactly what we pictured and we never want anybody to do small business alone because we're better together. Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at, at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.